This is David Mitchell, publisher of Music Industry Quarterly, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. Starts ringing. What you think all the guns is for? All purpose war got the rock wellers by the door. And I feed them rug powder so they can devour the criminals trying to drop my decimals. Damn, people want to stick me for my cream. And it ain't a dream, things ain't always what it seems. It's the one that smokes none with ya. See your picture. Now they want to grab their guns and come and get ya. Bet your biggie won't slip. I got the calico with the black talons loaded in the clip so I can rip. The ligaments put their bodies in the bad predicament with all the foul people went. Touch my chetta, feel my beretta buck. When I'ma hit you with your first reaction is to duck. I bring pain, blood stains on what remains of his jacket. He had the gun, he should have packed it, cocked it. Extra clips in my pocket so I could reload and explode on your walls. I mess around and get hardcore. C4 to your door, no beef, no more. Feel the rough, scandalous. The more you smoke a puff, the more dangerous I don't give a damn about you or your weak crew What you gonna do when Big Pop will come for you? I'm not running, chump, I bust my gun and Hold on, I hear somebody coming Yes, we are back Psychotic Bump School is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome and I am proud to welcome this next panel on the line right now First up, I want to welcome back a sister who y'all know very, very well. Y'all know this good sister. She puts it down over on Black Tree TV, and she is an incredible, inimitable talent that I am always happy to have her grace the airwaves of this program. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, the good sister, Juliana J. Bowden. Miss Bowden, are you there? Yes, I am absolutely here. I am here, and I am rocking out. Rocking out. <laughs> rocking Celebrating out. Rocking Celebrating hashtag Rock Hall 2020. Come on, folks, get it. Yes. Watching folks just debate 
and Ooh. think about try, try to act like they know who shoulda and who didn't and she what? deserved and he didn't need to be there. Is that oh man, the, the the opinions are all over the place as per usual. Yes. Well, I, I definitely want to talk to you about that because I have something to say, or at least I have a perception on it anyway. But uh, you brought somebody with you tonight. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really Yes, I did. I got friends. You I always, got friends. You I got, got friends. friends. <laughs> and this isn't the first time you brought a hot guest along. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, this guy is in the industry. He has an imitable and boundless amount of energy and knowledge and information on the industry that we all know and love. Uh, the Good Brother writes for Music Industry Quarterly. In fact, uh, he is the founding member of Music Industry Quarterly. And I want to ask him about that as we get deeper into this conversation. And this is his first time joining this show. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the very first time to Psychotic Bump School, the Good Brother, Mr. David Mitchell. Mr. Mitchell, are you there? I am. I am here. Good. Good evening. Yay, yes, sir. Yes, sir. How in the world? I already got. I got fans, friends, and followers. I see. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and who knew? How about that? Well, Julianne and exactly. David, I am really happy to have y'all here. And uh, the reason why I wanted to have a conversation with two knowledgeably exceptional people like you, as if knowledgeably is even a word, but to have a conversation about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you got to talk to people who really know something about music. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we just had some recent announcements about some recent inductees into the coveted Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that was established way back in, oh, let's say the early 80s. I think uh, uh, David could probably help me out with this. Uh, I yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah. yeah, I met Erdogan, uh, the legendary uh, record executive producer, I think or uh, at least manager, I think he was the one uh, who was a part of Atlantic Records back in the day. He was mm -hmm. famous for being associated with the late, great Ray Charles, among many, many others. And I'm sure somewhere down the line, Aretha Franklin, if it's Atlantic Records. But uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is based in Cleveland, Ohio, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, each year, I think they bounce between both New York and uh, other cities as to where the ceremony itself is actually held. And this year, ladies and gentlemen, they have some very fascinating inductees into the hall. And I am not going to say much more other than that because Juliana kind of spilled the tea already. Uh, Juliana Bowden, um, I'm going to come to David first on this because I know you got a lot to say, but uh, let's, mm -hmm. let's ask Mr. Mitchell. Uh, Mr. Mitchell, given the, the rank and the, uh, the caliber of inductees that are uh, really renowned just to be nominated into the Hall of Fame, let alone, let alone actually inducted. Uh, what can you tell us about your knowledge of the history of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction process? And what are your thoughts on this current roster that's on their way in right now? Can you talk to us about that a little bit, Mr. David Mitchell? Well, from what I understand, and I, I, I'm not going to say I'm a great authority on how the process completely works, but from what I do understand, there are, you know, there are, there is a committee uh, a rock hall committee and it's comprised of music industry experts i'm sure that's probably past label heads folks from radio um music journalists uh from what i understand that's probably adds up to maybe about a thousand people in this committee and then they also have fan voting you know uh with the uh, advent of social media and all uh uh you know they get quite a few folks that want to uh uh vote as far as fans usually every year they induct uh roughly between five and seven people 
I think it's just six this year that were actually named. Last year, I believe it was seven. I don't know why they stopped at such a low number, especially since, you know, they, they still have a lot of catching up to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's it's interesting to uh, try to figure out, you know, not just the process, but where it's all going, what, you know, what's actually the end game here, because, right. you know, they've also opened it up to include more pop artists. They've had to open it up to include hip hop artists. Yes. You know, it's uh, uh it's quite a process. Right. And I have a feeling, Juliana, based on what Mr. Mitchell just mentioned right there, that's probably got a little something to do with why people, or at least some of them anyway, are a little bit in their feelings about some of the inductees. So uh, Juliana, um, before we go into the specifics, uh, what are your thoughts on this current class of inductees that are on their way to the coveted Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Ms. Juliana Bowden. Well, this year's uh, class of inductees, just like, you know, the prior years is, is pretty diverse. It represents a wide range of music styles that are related to rock. And I really feel, um, I really feel heartened by a lot of the conversations that I see when somebody says, oh, hey, why are they inducting Notorious Big or Whitney Houston? They're not rock artists. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see, it's nice to see like people of all backgrounds who actually know that rock goes back to rock and roll, which goes back to blues, which goes back to like oh. black folks in America creating the things that create the foundation of American pop music, as well as global hip hop culture. Right. So looking at T-Rex, the Notorious B.I.G., Nine Inch Nails, Whitney Houston, the Doobie Brothers, the Pesh yeah, Mode, yep. I am, you know, incredibly liberal, I think, when it comes to the Notorious B.I.G. There's some people that I actually saw on Twitter and Facebook today going, oh, he only has two albums. Oh, it's too soon. And, oh, there's so many other (laughs) MCs that blah, 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 blah. And my thing was, what you going to do? Wait for him to come back from the dead and make another release? Come on, man. This is the Notorious B.I.G. He's got a catalog that burned so bright in such a short amount of time that as far as I'm concerned, they could have put they could have been put him in there because when wow. an artist has a situation where they become bigger than life, this man is not just looked upon with um, some type of uh, emotion just because he died when he was mm-hmm. here. He changed the game. Period. Oh. I, I'll go out on a limb and say when he was here, he created a way. He 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 lifted everything. He lifted all things Puff Daddy and all things New York at a time when hip hop culture had spread to the South and the West. He let folks know that New York was in the game still. He let folks know where hip hop came from, and I say this as a proud, you know, resident of a of a far off you know, exotic land called Oakland, California. (laughs) Notorious B.I.G. Notorious B.I.G. let New York, let it be known and never forgotten that hip hop started in New York and that that he was one of its premier kings 
And I feel that his voice, the tone, the cadence, the storytelling, everything about the emotions that music create in fans, this man was able to do with his voice. That doesn't take away from the fact that a drummer with amazing pocket, you know, deserves a special place in our hearts and minds or an amazing guitar player that can pick up the same guitar that somebody else sounded shitty playing and make it sound like God himself. That's mm-hmm. it. Those are all different. Those will, those are all different arts, but you got to think there's something very special about a man that can put some words together that rhyme, tell a story and create and create emotion and representation for people that are otherwise marginalized. Notorious B.I.G. Rest in peace. Sam. Wow. There it is. Well, uh, I'm old enough, uh, <laughs> Mr. David Mitchell. I'm going to let you chime in on that because that is absolutely fascinating. I'm old enough to remember a singer by the name of Janis Joplin. And mm-hmm. I know that she was also inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but after she passed away, much like in the case with the notorious B.I.G. Guess how many and also Tupac. And, 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 and don't t- forget Tupac's are there, there too. Absolutely. And so... Janis Joplin, David Mitchell, only released three mm-hmm. albums in her career. Okay, so I'm interested in the, 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 the naysayers who may have a feeling either way about the, the validity of this nomination of Notorious B.I.G. Uh, have y'all ever heard of Janis Joplin and her three albums? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Are you kidding? Absolutely. Yeah, come on. But, but the interesting thing about Janice, and especially with her being kind of a member of that, not kind of, but being a member of the quote unquote 27 club, you know, yeah. she was a rock artist. I'm kind of divided upon the whole thing. And, and you know, my, and as a black male, African-American male, and I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm not young, I'm young at heart, but I'm, I'm just going to say I'm, I'm older <laughs> I've been around since the 80s as far as the music business goes. Come on. And I'm probably a little bit more divided or split on my opinion on all of this. On this one aspect, I'm like, look, that's their organization. They're going to vote for whoever they want to. I'm kind of the same way with the Grammys. And it's so funny because I just did an article uh, that just posted on the uh, MIQ site. Uh, MIQ Mag, uh, Music Industry Quarterly, and it was with Lynn Brown. And Lynn is the project manager for the Grammys. And so he handles all the uh, urban-oriented stuff. And that was one of the things that we talked about. You know, no matter what you do in hip-hop, R&B, reggae, which are the categories he oversees, it's just not going to please everybody. Right. And we have this, you know, we have this thing called social media today, which we didn't really have just barely 10 years ago. And now everybody weighs in, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, and one of the things that we're talking about with the Grammys this year, especially in the rap categories, is that it didn't have the traditional A-listers. I know we're talking Rock Hall of Fame, but just to bring in the, the Grammys for a minute, you know, you don't see the typical Drake, Jay-Z, Eminem, Kanye West, two or three of those guys did have albums this year, but didn't get nominated. So it tells you that it's getting younger. You're getting people that are supporting that, which is next, which is the new thing. But now you've also pissed off some of the older people, you know, and it's the same thing. uh, You've got younger uh, uh, artists in today, like uh, Lizzo and Lucky Day, you know, that people may not be that familiar with. And, you know, so you've picked off another branch of, viewers and the fan base, 
you know, why wasn't the, the last Beyonce record in there, you know? So you just can't please everybody. And the same thing with, and at least with the Grammys, they've got 84 categories. You know, here with the Rock Hall of Fame, you're picking five people a year. Usually their final nominees are about, what, 10 people, I think, were, were named. And poor Shaka Khan, I mean, she keeps, her name keeps coming up numerous times, but she never gets in. I mean, she's almost like the Susan Lucci of the, of the uh, uh, Rock Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I just I just don't my, think you can request, everybody. <laughs> my only request is that when Shaka does get in, is that they they do it while she's still alive, so she can play drums at the induction. Okay, there you go. I, 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 I really love that. Hey, she got some chops <laughs> on them drums, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know how many people. And know most people that. don't know she's a drummer. Absolutely. But the interesting, but the interesting thing about the Rock uh, uh, Hall of Fame, unlike watching the Kennedy Centers, with the Rock, it doesn't matter whether you are alive or dead; they will still, you know, induct you. Mm. Uh, you like to try to get people while they're still here, though. So, mm. but uh, they said there was an article that came out today that the uh, president of the Rock Hall of Fame thought that there's an opportunity here in doing a lot of these posthumous. Uh, awards i don't know really what the opportunities are you know but you're getting other people to come up and perform and you know the families are there i i I don't know but it's yeah that's something that seems to be happening quite often absolutely well wouldn't you guys think that they would separate the posthumous awards so that you could actually have people you know that you could make room for a shaka who's still here you know, make room for an LL who's still here and have the posthumous awards. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say as a se- it's not a separate category, but mm-hmm. but have a bigger pool so that you know we could benefit by giving people the flowers while they're here to smell them. Well, what I wouldn't have a problem with that because I think there are levels to honorees, and not in terms of ability and Mm -hmm. or impact i think it's just in order to properly appreciate and be able to understand their context and history for example what i'm talking about is remember how people were fretting and moaning some people anyway when uh former president barack obama got the uh the nobel peace prize in his uh the second Mm -hmm. year first term now some people had no issue with that and others were like well he hasn't done enough he hasn't done this he hasn't done that uh, there goes the uh, Nobel Peace Prize. If he can get it, then anybody can get it. I, of course, uh, didn't agree with that because I, I was very inspired by the inception of his uh, run uh, during his mm-hmm. presidency. And now, you know, ironically, the time person of the year, he was tied with somebody who I, I won't name, uh, number 45. And then people, of course, on the other side start thinking, okay, now they're just giving away awards. But when you think about what Juliana just said, David, in terms of if they had a criteria for people who are alive still and give them heartbeat props, like the great Shock G of Oakland, shout out for Oakland and Juliana, what if they did sort of have a hip hop hall of fame? What if they had mm-hmm. um, a hall of fame for soul music artists? So people like Rufus and Shaka. I mean, I like Shaka when she was with Rufus. <laughs> I love Shaka, but. I don't think she was ever better, and you know this is debatable. But her days with Rufus, oh my God, 
Never better. Well, I like both iterations of Shaka, but I see, I think you're on to something, and I never even quite thought of it like that, too. But then that would kind of liken the uh, rock to, uh, again, to what the Grammys are kind of doing, because they call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I'm one of those people that questions, well, what is, is it, are we just looking at rock music? Are we looking at rock edge artists? Are we looking at rock and roll as like this general term that just really describes uh, an entire culture of popular music and how it's evolved, let's say basically over the last 50 to 60 years. Mm -hmm. What is the criteria then? I mean, cause David was kind of breaking down the process of the induction whole thing, but I remember when the Dells, the great singing group, the Dells, who for years, in fact, the, the movie, The Five Heartbeats was inspired by them. The great Robert Townsend mm -hmm. uh, based his movie on them. And for years they were ignored. I think groups such as even the Manhattans and the Shylights may have at least gotten an, an, an acknowledgement, but for the longest time, the legendary Dells, and I think they were on Chess Records out of Chicago, I think, they never got in. But when they finally did, one of their singers kind of <laughs> gave, uh, the industry, they were on stage giving their uh, thank you speech, and they were like, man, we finally got in. We should have been in a long time ago. And so when you think about that, and when you think about the criteria that is really not clearly defined, uh, how valid are the concerns or the complaints about the people that really have these really abbreviated careers, but yet somebody felt, for whatever reason, political reasons, well, you have, appreciation of well, you have the aesthetic? What's the criteria? Well, you have the heavy metal community right now that's like, Absolutely. well, look, if this is a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right. how come these metal bands aren't getting in? You know, right. it seems like there's been a long uh, 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 void of, of, of getting those guys in. I think what the Hall could probably do better, which is something I think the Grammys does well, mm -hmm. but it's whether or not people seem to pick up on it, is that they explain their process. you got to explain your process, who's behind it. And they've also got to tell you what the categories or a certain category means. What does rock and roll mean? Because to like what, uh, to Juliana's point earlier, most people think it's, you know, white boys with long hair playing guitar, folk or electronic bass music. And, you know, you mentioned a lot of pioneer black artists, you know, whether it's an Ike Turner or a Chuck Berry, a Bo Diddley, a Lil Richard, they were doing the same thing. They were pioneers of this music. And a lot of those guys, in fact, pretty much all of them in the beginning were recognized uh, in the 80s. But by then, most of those guys had already had 40, 50 year careers and were starting to die off. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think they could do a much better job of explaining what the categories are, how people can get in, what they're looking to award and honor. And you'll still have half the population that's still going to, you know, bitch and oh, complain. But what, what can you do, you know? Yes. Yeah, you can't please them all, but um, I think that would help a lot, David. And Julianne, I want to get your thoughts on what David just said, too, because I think it would help to give people a, a little bit more of appreciation for the process and the fact that there was some thought put into the particular nominees as they stand, you know, at issue. Because right now, it looks like it's anything goes. We haven't said anything yet about Whitney Houston. Uh, what concerns exist possibly about the induction of Whitney Houston? Who would possibly have an issue with that? Listen. Well, actually, I, 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 I mean, if I could wait real quick since you mentioned yeah. Whitney. Listen, Whitney yeah. is yeah. probably arguably one of my favorite hey, singers in the world. Yeah. I love Whitney, but I wasn't even, I was really ambivalent about her even being in the hall, let alone yeah. her 
getting a nomination this year. I thought Pat Benatar, who predated Whitney, who actually was a rock singer, a mm-hmm. uh, rock musician, I thought she should have gotten in years ago. That you know, but wow. I'm I'm glad for Whitney and her family. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I and I've seen some pretty uh, uh, mean things said about Whitney over the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. on social media, you know, people talking about she's not rock and the only thing she's ever done that was rock was, you know, her drug situation. And I'm being very nice and some of the stuff right. that I've read, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I just, I, I think, you know, that it's very disheartening, but that's kind of, I was kind of ambivalent about her situation. Mm. Because of but that. But Julianne is definitely, well, well, no, because I mean, I like, was Whitney, Whitney really a rocker? No, she wasn't. But like I said, I've been divided about the whole thing because I do believe if if that's what we're going for, that this is a broader outreach of music and its various forms of popular culture, then she definitely should be in there. And there's people prior to her. I mean, I'm watching the Tamron Hall show today, and I forget the journalist's name that was on there. He mentioned, why isn't Barbara Streisand in there? And I'm like, wow, that interesting me, point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. if, if we if, if we might go back a moment, I will say I'll definitely say considering it, it would the the crime is that the crime is that Madonna is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Pat Benatar, so as not to put the onus on Janet Jackson, Whitney <laughs> Houston. So Madonna was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2008, and then you know some years after that you know, in, in a sea of artists that does not include a whole lot of women to begin with, Laura mm-hmm. Nero, Hart, Donna Summer, Linda Ronstadt, uh, Joan Jett, and it, 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 seriously, think if Joan Baez just makes it in in 2017, it, it does make you scratch your head and say, mm-hmm. wait, 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 what's this process? Because there's no way that I would have thought that Pat Benatar was not already in the Rock Hall. David just set me back just now, and I'm I'm like that's that's a, yeah. that is a crime. Stevie well, Linda Nicks just and, got in a couple of years ago too. Well, well Steve, 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 Stevie Nicks and Janet Jackson, yeah. 2019 inductees, and you know, I definitely want to say the people, the people at the Rock Hall that administer this huge process are some of the most incredible minds, very nice, hardworking people, and our concerns are in no way to disparage them. I want to shout out to uh, Karen Herman, who is at the Rock Hall right now, uh, who I came up with working on the Primetime Emmy Awards at some uh, point in our earlier careers. They do a tremendous job, and I can't imagine what they must go through in the eye of this storm, much like your friends on, uh, at, at, at the Grammy building, David. Could you imagine being the steward of this stuff and having to take people from place? <laughs> mm. But uh, this is KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome, and we're just having a fun conversation tonight about the recent Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees for 2020. And we're joined tonight by the incredible, incomparable Juliana Bowden from Black Tree TV and my good brother, Mr. David Mitchell from Music Industry Quarterly. Well, um, I am so glad y'all pivoted the discussion to who's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We've had a pretty nuanced chat tonight uh, and I'll just kind of just 
gather in and tie a bow around this if I can, because it sounds like, especially with the names that Juliana just mentioned, David, that it is mm -hmm. kind of wide open. And I think there's something about when a, a nominee kind of breaks the mode. At some point, somebody's going to sort of break with convention or break with tradition and sort of nominate and actually uh, get all the way through to the top, someone that people would not generally associate with this type of uh, acknowledgement. And when you were talking about movies and Oscars so white a few minutes ago, you made me think about that year when, um, was it Three Six Mafia, when they, they won an Oscar for, um, <laughs> I mean, talk it's about breaking the mold. It don't get no yeah. more broke than that. <laughs> David is right. The more that they can sort of crystallize the process and educate the fans and the people that love these artists who might feel a certain kind of way or, or a certain kind of slighted when they're their favorite artists that's close to their heart and you got their records in your record collection and you grew up watching the Doobie Brothers on what's happening when the record player or tape recorder falls out of reruns trench coat and <laughs> you got Jeff Baxter <laughs> playing on the floor. You guys are bootlegging us. It's like no matter what side you're on, <laughs> you're gonna feel a certain kind of way. But um, wow, thank you so much for being here, both of you. Uh, this has been a great thank conversation. Thank you. And uh, Absolutely. I'd like to uh, have you definitely come back sometime uh, before I